Lord's been good to all of us, and I um, appreciate we came in late last Saturday and, and uh, Sunday, <coughs> talked about uh, some of the mercy of God and the grace of God, and I, of course, <coughs> we were out in... Um, the mountains and I know they they say that people either like the beach or they like the mountains uh, I I think both are unique the mountains are beautiful if you've never seen the Rockies or the Tetons or that area of high country and uh, some point it's uh, worth I've been privileged to go to the Alps and, and uh, ride up and gondola and see the view from the Alps and some of those those mountains and other mountains around the world and our mountains are uh, quite different than the Appalachian what I call hills almost once you see mountains you then say well those are not really the Appalachians aren't mountains although they're mountainous uh, but when you see the majestic just jutting up into the sky and I was thinking of uh, you know we uh, in order to get to Yellowstone which is a big basically caldera of where a volcano blew out. Uh, you have to cross through mountains or mountain passes and uh, go up and you're already uh, five, 6,000 feet high and you have to go up to 10, 11, 12,000 feet. In fact, we crossed the Continental Divide and there's a lake uh, up high in the mountains where one end of the lake drains out to the Pacific and the other end drains out into the Atlantic eventually and it's uh, right on the continental divide it's on the, the line that goes one and two different directions and so I, I was thinking of what how the Bible talks about climbing and ascent and begin to overlay it with some of the things that I have talked about in a three-room house. And I, I know that, you know, they if you're going to really be a serious climber, you need to get equipment, you need to have uh, poles, uh, you know, to help steady you. Uh, you need to have better shoes, you need to have climbing boots, you need to have... Uh, all of these things, and I'm not talking about climbing Mount Everest. That's a whole nother level of climbing and ascending and climbing up and, and uh, so forth. And yet the Bible is full of stories about climbing. In fact, in the New Testament, in, in the book of 
Philippians, which uh, ironically was written by Paul, who was in jail at the time. He, he wrote in Philippians, the third chapter, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend or catch or lay hold of that for which I am caught or apprehended of Christ Jesus. And I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind and I reach forth to those things which are before. And then verse 14 of that third chapter, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so throughout the Bible, there was this talk of climbing, pressing, leaving, for, you know, walking, going up, you know, high calling. Uh, Paul to the Hebrews said it was a heavenly calling. Consider, you know, holy brethren who are partakers of the heavenly calling and in uh, to the church at Ephesus he said when we were dead in sins he hath quickened us together with Christ and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus uh, another place in, in Philippians that I, ironically the King James Version probably doesn't do it uh, justice because the Philippians, the third chapter and the 20th verse, Paul said, our conversation is in heaven. And the word conversation there that is interpreted in the English conversation is the Greek word that means our commonwealth or our citizenship. He was basically not saying that our conversation as just in verbal dialogue, but that our citizenship is not here, it's in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. We are not people that are just, just uh, earthbound. We are not individuals that would say, well, you know, our, our, our citizenship, I'm an American, I'm an Australian, I'm a uh, whatever country you want to put in there. He said our citizenship, our commonwealth is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> you know, the importance of recognizing another place she talks about us being ambassadors, but we are not from this world. We are supposed to have been born, what? Again. Born again of what? The water and the spirit. And so we are supposed to, you know, when you talk about the infilling of the Holy Ghost, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And so it puts you in a, a different citizenship. Now this was, uh, this whole idea was, you go, can go all the way back 
into Genesis, the 32nd chapter, when you remember <coughs> Jacob is running from Esau and he uh, puts some rocks down for a pillow in Genesis, the 32nd chapter. And what was it that he saw? Angel. A ladder and angels. And they were coming down and going up this ladder. And so when we talk about the heavens, we talk about most often we look up and we talk about the Lord went up into a cloud and there was this sense of, you know, going up is, you know, you know, going to heaven and going down is going to the other place, you know. And you remember the old joke about the <clears throat> man who always believed you could take all your money with you. And uh, he told his wife, I'm going to put it in the attic and I'm going to, you know, die underneath it and grab it all when I went on and I leave. And you know the joke. He, he dies and he's underneath all of his money and the wife thinks, I wonder if he took it all. And she goes up in the attic and looks, and it's all there. And she said, I knew I should have put it in the basement. <laughs> that's what we normally think. You know, going to heaven, you're going up. Going to hell, you're going down. And <clears throat> so we look at that as, you know, up and down and you know here we are we're we're going to uh, go into heaven as a matter of fact if if you study the old tabernacle plan we talked about God has the three rooms and and you study that you will notice that the burnt offering the altar at the brazen altar was the smoke with the fire was never supposed to go out and it's actually now, another word for that altar is not just the brazen altar. It, it sometimes is referred to by the Jews as the ascending altar, meaning the smoke ascends from there up into the heavens. It is that place where it is constantly burning and there is a uh, as another place says a sweet smelling savor now when you study where the temple was and Ezekiel wrote in the 40th chapter of Ezekiel that there was a series of steps there was seven steps that goes to the area where Solomon's throne was and then another eight steps to where there was uh, this um, uh, place of where the altar was. Uh, ironically, in, in the book of Psalms, if you have your, your psalm hymnal, uh, the book of Psalms, we have 150 songs, there are what we call songs of degrees or songs of ascent. And those are important because starting at Psalms 120, through Psalms 134, there are 15 songs of uh, ascent. They can be divided into three groups of five. That there was basically that sense that pilgrims would read them as they were coming to Jerusalem. And then those that were going up to the altar would say one on each of the 15 steps. So there 
there was this steps, there were these songs, and those were talking about ascending in to his presence, getting into the presence of Almighty God. You see, it started with, and, and I'm not going to spend all the time, I've taught on the songs and these songs before and I know uh, Psalms 120 talks about you know Lord deliver me from a deceitful tongue and 121 I need your protection and 122 I need peace that I can find in the house of the Lord and, and basically the first five songs are get me out of danger get me out of trouble get me out of what's going on around me and I I, I've been, you know, anytime we get under pressure and we find, I'm, let me tell you, you got to learn how to ascend into the presence of Almighty God to escape what's going on around you. Amen. If you're not careful, you will get sucked into it all. The joy, the privilege, the power that we have as a church, as a Christ, born again, full of the Holy Ghost individual, is that we can ascend into the throne room of God. You see, you say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I start reading the songs of ascent. Psalms 120, 121, 122, 123, 124. It's talking about, get me out, Lord. Help me. And then kind of like the next five songs are that sense of now me talking about my confidence in God. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to have joy when I come into the house of the Lord, acknowledging the Lord and everything. It's talking about the fear of God, victory over everything. So, you know, what are you saying? I'm saying that our way of escape is I am not a citizen of this earth. I am not, this world is not my home. I'm a pilgrim. I'm passing through. I have to be able to say, Lord, I'm going to get out of here one of these days. I'm not going to let all this stuff hold me back. I know. You say, well, that sounds like escapism. Well, it is recognizing that I am not bound by the laws of this world. And, and then, then, of course, as you go on, Psalms 130 through 131, 132, 133, 134, it's all talking about praise and unity. My wife spoke on unity and anointing and all of that is that last sense of, you know, living sort of in the mercy seat. And, and that's why when you, you read that Jesus came to allow us to ascend, well, that, that's what I I mentioned these verses where he said that we have a heavenly calling, that we sit together, that our conversation is in heaven. And, and, and there's a, a powerful verse that was written by Solomon in Proverbs, the 15th chapter and the 24th verse. If, if you want to write that one down, sort of to remember Proverbs 15, 24, it says the way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. The way of life is above to the wise. And I realize that, you know, 
that he may depart from hell, which is beneath, that there is a constant drag, if you will, trying to say, I, I want to pull you down into, you know, the, the cesspool of, of worry and stress and anxiety. And yet, as, as they said here in Proverbs, as Solomon says, a way of life is above. And guess who is the way, the truth, and the life? You know, it is not, what are you trying to say? And, and you can read in Isaiah, there, there's a highway, none can pass up there but the pure in heart. There's all kinds of songs that talk about getting on this highway. And, and I, you know, just having driven, it's, it's kind of amazing when you see and it looks like the road is going right up in the clouds. And you think, man, wow. And you come across the top and you look down in the valley and here's a little community and I... You said, Pastor, you know, for a moment, what you, what, what are you, what are you doing? I, I, I realize, you know, that there is, when he gets you up into that place, there is a, a chance for the Lord to talk to you. It was, what, what happened when Moses, he put him in the cleft of a rock. And he said, I'm going to show you, you know, but it's a little hard work. It's a little climb. It's a little effort. And, you know, I, we live out. Our place is kind of on a road, goes up, not a mountain by any stretch of the imagination, not even a hill. But let me tell you, it's a whole lot easier walking down. I can, I can walk down in four minutes flat all the way to the gate, man, no problem. I can leave my house front door in four minutes or less, I'm down at the gate. Now, let me tell you about getting back up. And I don't even live on a mountain. I don't even live on a hill, I guess. I mean, it's just a little high place. But, whew, 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 huh? And if I've got one of the grandkids, they're shedding their backpack and their iPad. Here, you carry this and you carry that. Come on. Can you hold me? Huh? Used to be a saying, you know, if you live for God hard, it's easy. If you're living for God easy, because it depends on which direction am I going. Am I getting closer to the throne room? Am I climbing closer to the presence of the Lord? Oh, that's why 
the Bible would say things like labor to enter into the rest. What, what are you, you talking about? Though there is a, a place though that when we get into his presence, David said in his psalm, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the, his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Oh, I want to get to that place when sometimes whenever you feel like you're being overwhelmed and you've got all kinds of things coming against you. The best thing I know is start climbing. Get out your pole. Start climbing. Say, you know what? I'm going to get a take a trip into the presence of Almighty God. I will raise my hands. I'll clap my hands. I'm going to worship. Why? I'm fixing to ascend into the secret place of the Most High. I want to get out of down here where everything is going crazy. I need to get into his presence. Oh, you know, pastor, you're, 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 you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, start climbing. Psalms, the 31st chapter, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man and shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. You're tired of people talking about you? Only thing I know to do, Psalms 31, hide from it. You say, well, they still talk. You know what? But it sure doesn't matter because you start getting a different perspective of it all. What was the song that, you know, they made a big hit, you know, from a distance, everything is blue and green. You know, when you get way up high, can't see all the little people. You get a different God view. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, oh, pastor, what are you saying? I, David said in Psalm 32, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me. In, in verse chapter 91, he said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the anointing. What are you saying when you, when you say, uh, when you say, pastor, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm here to tell you that there is a presence that can fill you, that can change you, that can transform your way of thinking when you climb, when you ascend. If there was ever a moment that we need to say, I'm going on a trip up a mountain, I'm going to get into the presence of Almighty God. I may have to climb a few steps, but I'm going to keep praising and worshiping and loving God because I'm getting into his presence. And it changes the way you look. In fact, Hebrews talks about Moses and it said, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Another writer, Isaiah, the world was crumbling and, and institutions were failing. Things were happening, and the king the, died. And you know what he wrote? In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. High 
lifted up at his it let me know he's still in charge I took a trip and I climbed a mountain and I got a vision of God that's why when you start when things start happening and I know we're praying for brother Joey he uh, had a job situation this week that you know all of a sudden you know he worked himself out of a job what are you saying now I was so glad to see he and Keely at the altar praying why because when you start going through stuff you need to take a trip into the presence of almighty God Pray for me. Anoint me. Touch me. I want to get the Lord's view on this. I want to see it from the Lord's angle. Another, another place in this, he, he said here in, uh, in Ephesians, Paul wrote the first chapter in the 18th verse that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that the eyes of your understanding. Ephesians, the first chapter, 18th verse. Paul re realized, I, I want you all to get a different vision, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of his saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward who believe. What, what three things are you supposed to get out of this? In Ephesians, the first chapter, he said, you know what is the hope of his calling. What do you mean? That if he called us out, he's got the power to bring us in. He's not there. He didn't call you out for you to fail. He called you out to bring you in. Put up that slide I, so I don't have to turn there in Ephesians, the first chapter, 18th verse. He's got it in the back. There it is. And go back one. Go back one slide. Here it is. That you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, why is that supposed to click with you? Because how many know where your billfold is? How many know what bank you got your money in? You don't, you don't go up to First Federal and say, uh, I don't know if I have an account here. I'm not really sure. It could be here. It could be Park. It could be Chase. I got money somewhere. It's probably, you know, $5,000 somewhere, but I have no idea. I'm clueless. Uh, some, they said it was at some bank here in town. He said that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Do you know we are his inheritance? We have this treasure in earthen vessel. So don't you think he knows where we are and what we're doing and what we're going through? I, back earlier this year, I... I just went in and, and I, I thought I'd ask because I thought it would be funny, you know. 
when all the banks were failing, you know, because I went into our bank and I said, is all my money safe? She went through my accounts. Oh yeah, you're, you're okay, you're, you're, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> we got you covered. <laughs> I said, have you been having that question? She said, well, surprisingly, yes. Because a lot of people are worried. Think about it. You don't. You're not worried. You know, the point of all this is, folks, we are his inheritance. And then, so he knows where we are. Then what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? Next slide. There you go according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead set him at his own right hand where in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but the world which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body now let me explain to me between the head and the feet what is there between your head and your feet? Your body. Your everything. So if your feet, if his feet are over principalities and powers, guess where, and we're the body, guess where we are? Above principalities and powers. What are you saying? I'm saying we have authority through the name and the power if we start learning how to ascend into his presence. And I know the young people are going to be coming in. Brother Larry, if you'll go down and check, tell them we're ready for them. We're going to pray. In fact, I know there are some that are out here this morning that are uh, some of our Sunday school teachers. All of our Sunday school teachers that work down there with our children either on Wednesday or on Sunday morning, Sunday night. I want you to stand. I want you to come. Where are you? Where are all of our teachers that work, whether it's a nursery class? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, all of our, we've got some in the youth, some in the, come, I want you to come up here. And then we have a lot that teach school in the public school setting. And uh, we're going to, I appreciate all of our teachers. We're going to have all these young people stand in. Let's give them all a hand. Right? They work. We're going to give these teachers all We've been praying for these at ladies' prayer. This, this bowl I mentioned Wednesday night, my wife got in Maui. Was given to her by the, as she spoke to the ladies there. I don't know where they, where they got the wood, 
but now they're saying there could be a thousand missing and uh, they have no idea and and they're finding you know that people were like please don't uh, blow the sirens and please don't give them water I read an article this morning where one official said we didn't want to give water release water because we didn't want we wanted to make sure it was equity water is like a god and we wanted to make sure that farmers would have enough there's going to be a tremendous amount of issues and situations but all these children I so thankful the youth I want to tell you something your kids are going to come in with a perspective of problems and situations and things that are happening at school I want now all of ours that are not in the Sunday school but are in our youth, all of our youth to come and stand in behind them I want you to they're still in school whether it's high school junior high college high life younger folks I want all of them to come in The only thing we can do is keep climbing higher, worshiping, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching for those things that are ahead, doing our best. All right, church, let's stand. We're going to come in as close as we can. I appreciate all of our teachers. Let's give all of our teachers and staff, Sir Knight and Robert. We are talking about the armor of God this morning. Fighting a good fight of faith. Oh, how